Litchfield, Minnesota. a wonderful community oh yeah it's called richfield minnesota i like to go downtown and go shopping at the shop so yeah in richfield minnesota oh 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 i like woods lake nature center I like to go say hello to my friends who live in Richfield. Richfield is a wonderful municipality. Welcome to our first podcast produced here by the staff of the Richfield Historical Society. I'm John Wickett. I'm president of the society and sort of moderator for these things, and um, this is a new, new thing for us. This is a new way for us to reach out to our community, the city of Richfield and beyond, and uh, share the story of Richfield and how things happen around here and, and things that are in the future and exciting things going on. Um, so to that end, learning, growing will be a theme that we'll be using throughout of our podcasts here. We'll talk about activities that are going on at some points. Um, we'll have guests on various topics and subjects. Our guest today is actually Ruth Ann Clay. Long time. Oh, come on. Don't make me bad. Oh, no. It's okay. Uh, and a dear friend, actually. She serves as my vice president on the board currently and has been involved since 1970 with a little break here and there, but overall continuously since 1970, uh, serving at one time as president. Yep. Um, and we thought for the first podcast, the the best thing to do would actually be to talk about the history of the historical society itself and how it came about. Um, we were f heading into our 53rd year. We were formed in October of 1967. Mm -hmm. um, technically, you could say it started a little earlier than that because the Minnesota Valley Women's Club right. wanted to save the Riley Bartholomew House, our historic farmhouse, yep. which yep. was being scheduled for demolition. Yes, it was the... Um the school wanted the whole property for the field, for Richfield, for right. Lindell Field. And uh, they, uh, <laughs> sorry, the microphone's that. going off. <laughs> uh. So we'll have a little music for a moment while the phone's ringing, yeah. that's okay. Um, it's the first podcast, things are going to be a little rough. Originally, the Minnesota Valley Women's Club decided that as they were processing this uh, looking at the house, they felt that it was important to save it. Mm -hmm. So this it was in pretty bad condition by then. It had yeah, been vandalized. Yeah. Um, the uh, the, the it was the operating farm to like was it 62 or 64? Yep. And so. um, the Keefs were the farmers that lived on the property, and they were related to the Bartholomews. Yes. Pretty much anybody that lived in the house, except for one year, had been family descended from descendants. Riley. Right. But anyhow, the Minnesota Valley Women's Club decided that they wanted to preserve the house. They felt it was important to have it be something meaningful in the The Keefs wanted to sell it to developers. Yes, they did. They had plans for apartments out on the field. Okay. And the school didn't want that. 
And the Chiefs were mad at, the, uh, at the eventually the Historical Society thinking we, because the yep. uh, they schools we, had to get them evicted, right. essentially. So they thought we had evicted them. So they didn't come back for a long time. Their children and grandchildren came. Yes, there's a good relationship now. Yeah. But anyhow, the Minnesota Valley Women's Club started writing letters to the school board, people in the community, putting things in the paper right. on how important it was to preserve it. And eventually, um, there was a meeting between the Minnesota Valley Women's Club and people that were interested in being part of the society. Mm -hmm. And they basically kind of like transferred it over. Well, they so created the organization so they right. could, they, they incorporated the nonprofit that we are now. Right. At that time. And um, so anyhow, they worked on that, and we had fantastic people working on it. Our first president was Mike Ames, and he actually owned a lumberyard. Oh, that was probably helpful with the restoration. It was. So <laughs> all the lumber that helped replace the two porches, mm -hmm. actually the three, and put the uh, tool shed mm -hmm. back on, that all came from his lumberyard donated and he donated it all wow that's a, yeah. that's significant especially in the late 60s oh my gosh yes um you know and the people that wanted to become involved and interested were community people mayors principals right. you know superintendent well just looking at our our we have our charter on our wall here in our right. office, the original charter that was signed by all the founding members. And I noticed there was Harry Rumpel. He was a previous superintendent yep. of our schools. I, I think had, he was retired by then. Right. Yeah, the mayor Bill, was on there at the time. Bill the and Garnet Kirshner, who were really involved. They in, ran uh, Richfield Bank and Trust, I believe, they right? They did. Bill and one other gentleman helped start it. Okay. So yeah. it, was, it, it was kind of a who's who list. It really was. A bit back and, then. And... Um, I was fortunate when, in fact, Ethel Bartholomew also, who was a descendant of the right. Bartholomews. And then you had the Brooks family, who he... The Goodspeeds. Yep, the Goodspeeds. Just for those who are listening, uh, Bartholomew, Goodspeeds, um, they were founding families in Richfield. They were some of the first right. families that came here in 1852 when the area was open for settlement. Yep. Just to give some background. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a, you know, a wonderful event, and all the people that signed the charter became the first officers, um, brought in people from the community, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, so many people became interested in what they were doing. And the, keep in mind, at that time, the only thing the Richfield Historical Society had was the house, was just the, the house. house. There was no collection or anything well, else we yet. had a collection. Well, start of a collection. But um, when I first walked into the house and into the middle room, there was a huge leather couch that was not appropriate to the well, time period. Well, appropriate for the time period you were living in. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not 100 years earlier. Glass display cases because yeah. they had no place else. And people would say, oh, I have this, and they would donate it. Right. And Nothing specific to the Bartholomew family no. or even Richfield, but period no. tools. And you know, and when they were like building, that. it was like, oh, well, we need a saw. We need this. We need that. And... Items would just stand up on the porch. Please don't do that anymore. We need to know where <laughs> things come from now. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we do need the help of things, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Yeah, well, we want to know about your family history and what you're donating. Yeah, it's it's uh, for those who are, who are not in the museum world, they call that provenance. It means you can prove where it came from and why it's significant. True. And a piece of advice based on that, label your photographs. Please yes. always label your photographs. With but pencil. That's 
with pencil. You're all right. Don't do it in pen. I forgot about that. Oh, I was notorious. You look at a bunch of my pictures, my, and there's... Yes. So, so is my mother. <laughs> yeah. But if you so. want to really preserve them, um, you know. And if you don't have photo albums, just as a kind of sidetrack here, you can put them in Ziploc bags. That's true. Just, again, make sure you label them clearly and, yeah. and keep them in a cool, relatively dry place. That'll help. Yeah. Um, and actually, a piece of advice there, Ziploc, because they're acid-free. They are acid-free. So, but we should probably get back to yes. our actual subject. Yes. Um, I want to slip in a little, we're going to slip in an ad here every once in a while. We're, we're, we are completely privately financed. We, yes. we do not receive any government funding of any kind. Um, city gives us no money. The state gives us no money. Um, so we are entirely privately donated to and in an effort to keep those memberships and people interested we try to have different activities going yeah. on and one of the more interesting ones coming up is going to be something really new for us and it's going to be not besides the podcast is someone has come up with an original old-time radio program for those yeah. who remember classic radio of like jack benny and the shadow and things like that um and we're going to record that here uh, March 28th, about 7 p.m. That'll be a practice. And uh, on Sunday, I believe, we're going to try and record it. We'll keep an eye on our activities list. We'll, yeah. But we'd love to have audiences for this. It's uh, an original play um, that's called A Hooli in the Kitchen. Now, I know <laughs> nothing about this. I'm telling you the truth. Um, apparently, it has some kind of tie with St. Patrick's Day. It has an Irish oh, okay. thing to it, I'm guessing. Well, Hooli would make sense. Right. So... Uh, we're going to have a practice and a recording um, at 7 p.m., March 28th, and we would love to have an audience. We can have uh, probably around 40 or 50 people we can cram into yeah. here. Um, Is this a free event? Uh, yes. Because we okay. really want people to come and, and take part. Like I said, this is a, yeah. a brand new experiment. I don't know of anybody else trying to do stuff like this I don't right either. now. So I would like to see how that turns out. I think it'd be great. So, uh, so back to what we were talking about, <laughs> which was they restored the house. And it, right. it's been open for tours ever since, although we close in the wintertime. Right. Just due to, we don't want mud tracked in. and Preservation. And preservation. <laughs> and also, uh, most of the plows... Uh, when the snow is plowed, it's plowed right over our boardwalk. You can't get up to the house anyway. Right. Um, so for notice, our tours begin May 1st, and then we close the house for the winter on November 1st. Yep. But um, we'd be ha and, and we, we asked for a nominal donation of about oh, 2 to $3. Yep. Um, it's marked specifically for repair and restoration efforts we have ongoing Which is ongoing with the house yes that was a big project figure started. it was built in 1852 so yeah the oldest section yeah it needs a little tlc it's still yep. in good shape we had actually someone come today and look at it and yep. so it's in good shape um but our roof needs to be fixed the foundation needs to be patched and so the uh, nominal it's it's a donation we just asked for help because if you enjoy the house, we want to keep it standing, and that takes money. It yes, takes it money does. to keep it repaired. Yes, it And does. we do have on display the blueprints and um, estimates and everything that we've put together to do the more larger restoration right. project. And we encourage people to uh, ask questions, take a look at that. And yeah. if you wish to donate to that cause to, for the restoration, we have a special separate donation box where all the money that goes into that box is earmarked specifically for the house and not used for anything else. Correct. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. Um, so as we got into the 70s, mm -hmm. the Historical Society, um, the collection had been moved. It was uh, the, the building we're sitting in is our history center at 6901 Lindale in Richfield. And it was uh, essentially a shed 
Yes, it was. Uh, originally. And, but you were using it to store some of the collection in. We had what is now our library. Right. Um, it was always a library, but we stored all of our stuff in here, including most of our textiles and other th- objects were kept in the house. Right. But our books and stuff were kept in this small little area. Okay. And um, the school used the building as their carpenter shop. And it used to be called the Ponderosa. Okay. And you would find custodians and bus drivers. People coming in and out. Coming in and playing cards. Yeah, uh, well, (laughs) let's not mention that to the current superintendent. Right. Uh. But um, anyhow, uh, the gentleman that had been the school uh, contractor unfortunately had some health problems and he mm-hmm. was no longer able to do it well now before that okay um you at one time had to take all the collection out and you were moved to one of the schools yep every we still time. had the house we still had the house but the school eventually wanted our what we have here is the library right so they moved us over to the lincoln hills library elementary school elementary school. unfortunately no longer exists right and then um they said oh well we need that room now and so one of our members, Eileen Johnson, took all of our books to her house, stored them in her basement. She cataloged everything. Now, this was all like in the mid-70s yep. or something like yep. that, right? And um, she would actually let people come into her home and well, do that was research. Nice. Well, oh, I yeah. don't know if we could do that. Well, we couldn't do it now, not no. with our collection, no. But. And so then when I found out that he was no longer to, going to be the school's carpenter. Now, now, when was that? That would have been the mid-90s. Um, he, uh, he had a major heart attack and stuff, and so we were not able to, uh, he wasn't able to come back to work. He so, called you and said it, well, he get was, the building. <laughs> he was my neighbor, and he came over, and he goes, um, go over and ask for the building now, because I'm not going to be able to go back there and work. So I did, and they... Now, when when was this about? Was this like in 2000 or... No, early 90s. Early 90s? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so anyhow, they came in and they said, uh, yeah, well, you've been asking for that building for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, they've been asking for that building since the early 60s. And I said, now you're going to give it to us, right? And they go, yes, it's yours. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully. Yeah, but I mean, I think, too, we need to make people understand that all of the buildings on the property belong to the school yes we are actually owned by it's a unique situation we're actually i think from my uh, trips around the state we are the only historical society that's technically owned by a school district we are their tenants we are their tenants and the uh, lease originally i don't know if it still does um, we pay a dollar a, a year. dollar a year because they do like us being here taking care of the right so I think our, the main stipulation was our, that we'd be good custodians of the property right on our 25th anniversary we brought a check over to the school board meeting for 25 dollars yeah, they, 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 they didn't take they it. didn't know what to do with <laughs> it <laughs> so we nominally we pay a buck a year yeah you know, but supposedly but we do get some you know um well we don't get financial support from the no, school but system the school but, they, but they've been very us. supportive and then we in turn uh, do school programs right. and um, work with uh, high school students who want to volunteer right. um, and work with them. And to that's always like kind that. of been the connection. And school children in Richfield, there's, you know, if we charge for something, school children in Richfield or the parochial schools are never charged no, to come no, through the building. No. We, we host field trips. Yep. Not as frequently as we used to because, nope. you know, times are a little different now. Oh, yeah. But bus uh, costs money to get them here. 
Um, so before we, so now we're heading out of the 70s. So before we do that, let's talk about one other thing. There's um, some of the other activities we do, and is in March. Most of the Saturdays coming in March. Um, we're going to be hosting something called Music at the History Center. Yeah. And it's a volunteer we have. His name is Dave Winter. And he plays uh, music on homemade, handmade instruments. Banjo, a uh, little uh, like fife flute. I saw him today oh, playing yeah. with it. It was really, it was... Um, He's got the spoons and he had yeah. the... Well, and he, it was fun to watch him interact with kids. Yeah. He, he would show them how to play the banjo and let them try it. You know, it was really interesting to watch. Yep. Uh, the thing is with him is... Uh, uh, Dave kind of shows up on his own at his leisure and plays whatever he wants. And he did inform <laughs> me. He informed me today that he always has at least six instruments on him. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. But he will play requests. That is, if he knows them. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a nice guy. He's, he's very nice. It was fun to listen to the music. Yeah, and he, um, you know, I like. For those who know the Homestead Pick and Parlor, kind of think right. of it something like that is what we're doing yeah. right here. Well, he plays over there quite a bit. Oh yeah, you told me. Yeah. Yeah. So keep an eye out. Uh, that's going to be most Saturdays in March during our normal open hours, twelve to four. That'll be great. Um, so keep an eye out. And, and and as always, look at our Facebook page. Uh, we update activities on there, on Twitter, yeah. uh, Instagram. We try to a- update all of them. And we do have our own website, of course, richfieldhistory.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go there. And we try to keep the, everything as updated. Give us patience, though. We're all volunteers. Sometimes <laughs> it's a little slow. But That's all right. we'll get there. We get there. So we just like to have you come in. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And donating would be good, too. Donating would be I excellent. hate to harp on the money, but we run on money, folks. <laughs> um so we're heading out to the late 70s. Now, about then is when you became president, and you served for five I, years. I was president from 1990 to 1995. Oh, oh I thought you were in the 70s. I'm sorry. No. So I, I don't even get my facts right before I you. was on the board. <laughs> um, um, but you were on the board the whole time. I was. I was actually the curator for a long time. Now, heading in, I would say that if you really want to pick, oh, it's hard to say when you have a golden age, really, especially when it comes to a history museum. Right. But I would say our highest amount of community involvement is around that time period, heading oh, into the 70s and the 80s. Yep. And that's not begrudging. No. Things are just different now, and then times are different, and people yep. are different. Um, Our biggest event was the ice cream social. Right, which yeah. is just logistically hard to put on now. Oh, yeah, we don't have the people, but we would average about 500 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would have the teddy bear band, and we would have a craft fair, and all sorts of exhibits, and... I think, in, in, you know, while we don't do the ice cream social anymore, I think the thing that's taken its place is just as good, which is we have an 1860 baseball game. Quick Steps. The Quick Steps come. And the last year they played the Arlington Grays, and I believe they're going to play them again this year. Okay. Um, that's going to be in June. And we're kind of looking at maybe turning it into sort of like the, uh, you know, the small county fair kind of aspect. You'd have right. different things on display, and uh, like we could have metal workers and textile workers and stuff like it so keep an eye out we're still working on some plans for that there's nothing firm but we've we've got good ideas it all depends on our number of volunteers it does depend on volunteers and we're always looking for help it's uh, volunteering here is very easy we don't have set other than we have open hours of 12 to 4 but if you can only it's like i can only give you an hour every other saturday fine right We'll find work. Don't worry. We've got lots yeah, of projects people can work on. We have small projects and we have big projects. So if you want to come in and just do something quick, sometimes we'll it's as much it as just getting some filing done. I mean, Absolutely. it's really simple. And and we'll try and do stuff that suits what you're yep. interested in. Yep. Um, we really do try to do that. So no pressure, but we nope. can always use the help. We're so. like a big happy family. 
We well, have like any family, there's those thorns. Well, but <laughs> but generally, we have a, a lot it's of a good fun, fun being with each other. Yeah, it, it is really, it's... Uh, a lot of times I've actually come in, and even though I didn't have anything to do specifically to be there that day, and I'm only intending to drop in, tra- check on a piece of but paperwork or something, and then I end up staying four or five hours yep. and just chatting with everybody. Or sometimes you come in to do a project, and you sit and visit the whole time. Pretty much. We're... <laughs> We're 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 a good bunch. It's just uh, yep. <laughs> we do get lost in our conversations a but little bit. But that's good. We learn a that's lot. That's good. Um, so we're we're in the eighties. That mm-hmm. obviously things started to change. Yep. Um, the house deteriorated a bit. Um, lack of funds just yep. happens. Yep. Um, and obviously with the dying last fact is dying off of old original oh, yeah. members and connections, it started to strain things a little bit. It um, did. And so by the time you're becoming president in 1990, um, I'm not going to say the picture was dire or anything. It wasn't, because we still had a few of the older members um, that were consistently coming to volunteer. Right. Um, You know, we didn't have this building quite yet. No, that would come a few years later. Yep. And so things were done in the house, open houses, special events. Um, you know, the Christmas party was always held in the farmhouse. You're right. And Which isn't really safe to do in a historic structure anymore. No, That's the only no. reason we don't do those anymore. Well, and we used to have a live Christmas tree until I informed that, you know, did you ever think that that tree has a few bucks on it? You know, there's that and then the fire hazards. Yep. There's a lot of things to consider when you have a 167-year-old house. Well, there <laughs> is, you know, and it's like... um. You know, we kind of limit how many people go in at a time. Because when you're doing the tour, if you have too many people, somebody gets lost. Well, and then or, and you don't want anyone bumping into things. And right. Well, I'm not saying that the house is huge. No, it's not a big house. <laughs> but, you know, maybe if we're talking about the kitchen and we move to a different room, some They're of still them back are in the still kitchen. looking at the stuff in the kitchen. So. And it's it's easy enough to do. It's, it it's, is. It's, and it's fun to go through. We've really done our best to keep it a... Late 19th century. Not a specific year, but late 19th century. Obviously, you'll see certain things in there like, I don't know, modern lighting (laughs) uh, and modern furnace fence and stuff, but that's just required. That's Uh, part of keeping it up. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it's a a fun, it's a fun thing to do. I love giving tours in there because... I uh, like it too. You get some great questions. Oh, I know. The one thing is the hearing aid. Yeah, there's for those who don't know what this looks like, we're talking about a hearing aid, and I know most of you are picturing... We now consider a hearing aid, but for this those who like horn. remember the yeah, those who remember like old pictures where they'd show somebody with a horn up to their ear. That's basically what this is, but it's kind of flattened and it looks a little weird. Yeah, oh, people have called it an ashtray and a dust catcher. Yeah, and, you know, when I tell them it's a hearing aid, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's it's, and we have a spinning wheel in there and a, yep. a wonderful old antique desk. Yep. Um, Actually, it was Riley Bartholomew. It wasn't his actual desk. No, but it's similar. But it was where he had his office as Justice of the Peace. Right, because actually the house was the first courthouse. Yeah. But, you know, we'll uh, We'll go on. To to, to go on, on, uh, that'll be our next podcast. We're going to do a whole great thing on the history of the house. And there's some really fun things, uh, like we have his ledger. I'll read some things out of his court ledger. Um, So we'll come to that. Okay. Um, And speaking of that um, we have a new exhibit coming soon yeah um, we're currently changing out so if you come in you'll see some changes in our main gallery we had an exhibit up for the last six months i would say or so on um fred babcock right. who's the only richfield police officer to ever die in the line of duty in richfield 
Um, but what's being put in is we have a Vietnam veteran who's a volunteer of ours yeah. named Gary Anderson. And he is, um, we're doing a exhibit showing his artifacts and things from his Navy service uh, That's during amazing. Vietnam. amazing. He kept everything, letters, pictures. Yeah, so we're, we're working together to see what we can put up. Yeah. Um, it's a limited space. <laughs> um, so I think it'll be a... It's not so much about Gary. It is his items and stuff. But I think it's a great slice of life into the military personnel that served over there. My father is also a a Navy man who served in Vietnam. Well, the Vietnam War, if, you know, most people don't call it a war, was a really, um, what, disputed war? Well, officially it was called a police action. But call what you want. It was a war. Yeah. It was definitely war. Um, Yeah. and and he's talked really powerfully about when he came home and how they weren't really welcomed. My dad oh, yeah. didn't notice that so much, but he was so happy to be out of the service. He didn't <laughs> care uh, when he got home. He was just happy to not be in the Navy well, anymore. Well, you know, they were t- when they came home, they were told not to wear their uniforms. See, my dad didn't get that warning. Okay. He actually didn't. Actually, my mom made him go take a picture in his uniform before he took it off. <laughs> cool. So, but... Um, that, I don't know when that'll open. I wish I could give you a date. What I would do is say, keep an eye on our Facebook page. Yep. Uh, we'll post about it as it's progressing. We have a, a wonderful volunteer here who uh, does exhibits. Yeah. And, and she is putting it all together. But as it is with every volunteer thing, it just takes time. It takes time. You and, can't uh, always be here. And, and there's a, a group of about three or four of us that are helping her out working on it. So okay. I think it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. So I think it'll be great. Um, so we get to... You're, at, you're leaving as president in 1995 and come to the new millennium, the new century, work starts coming around to do this building we're in, our history center. Um, oh, we actually started it before I left as president. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, there was some city funding to that. There was a grant that was given from the city specifically because of it being city improvement, I think, wasn't it? I thought there was. No, all the money that we used to build stuff... I mean, they came in and painted it and patched it up. Right, the school did that. Right, but um, the second group mm-hmm. is the group that got some funding. Oh, okay. Our group did not. We kind of did the dirty work. Right, the, we showing up, up the, the structure because right. the, the roof and was kind of sagging a little bit. Yeah, and, um, you know, we divided up the areas, took out the plexiglass windows and put real windows in. Right, right. <laughs> Had to add lighting and venting and yeah. put in a climate control room, which is unusual in a museum our size. The thing of it was is we had enough money s- donated to just do the climate control room. Right. And the s- city inspector came in, mm-hmm. and we had what we called the salad bowl in the roof. Right, this you is literally where it sags like a salad bowl. Yeah, yeah, you could literally sit in it on either side, east and west, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't fall off the roof. City inspector said, oh, how sweet. You have to do the whole building. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, uh, where's all this money coming from? Right. But what's so spectacular is we'd go, you know, we need four rolls of insulation. There were donations to help. The insulation showed up. And they had the volunteers do the work. There was actually we no contract. There were some contractors hired, but it was mainly volunteers that did all the work. It was all volunteers. Yeah. We dragged in anybody we could find. <laughs> <laughs> Point to someone on Lindale walking by. Hey, get your nails Pretty much was it. But, I mean, we weren't sure where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gary Golson came in to be our general contractor. Okay. And that's when things really took off. 
and he knew how, and then there was a there was like i said a lobbying effort with the city to get a little help yeah um and with uh and donate there were donations there was a oh, lot of there was a lot of, of city uh community help oh yeah definitely that came to do the, yeah. the real hard stuff so and then the second group came in and polished it put the paint up more or less yeah 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 <laughs> and it's a beautiful building we're divided into two spaces because it was originally two separate buildings that were yep. joined together to make one building right these were used as uh the keefs used to keep their tractors in the like south end sort of and, and then there wasn't part of it like a produce stand i think or yeah well they had their freezers and refrigerators in the north side oh okay and as we were pulling down uh, buffalo board and other things we were finding all sorts of things from beehives to license oh. plate numbers being on yeah. and um, windows and garage doors that we didn't know existed and uh, makes it a little more difficult <laughs> well it actually was a fun project because we were able to see it come into fruition well yeah and it and that took i want to say do i think we opened in 2005 the history center if i recall probably it took about five years yeah and it was a it was a, a steady amount of work and yeah. it's in it's uh, I think it's it's showing its age a little bit as being a reused building, but right. it's in pretty good shape. Well, David Butler took on the second phase of mm -hmm. the building, and he did get. Funding. David Butler was a longtime board member as long well. Longtime board member. He um, just recently retired from from the yeah. society. Yeah. So he put a lot of effort. As into he says, it. to enjoy his tennis game a little more. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. He's up there in age, and it's time mm -hmm. for him to. You know, kind of step back, but like me, it's hard to step back from it. It is. You've been with it a long time. I'm myself, obviously, a more recent. Well, we're, we're kind of coming up to recent history now, and this is where I come in more. That's right. Um, You're I, out to beat my record as president, if, right? Well, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I have to go for one more term for that to happen. Um, but so before we get to the next decade, yes, um, we want to talk. There's uh, something we've done every year, and I this plays into the history because I, I don't know how long we've been doing this but the Richfield Garden Club holds the plant sale yeah. in our parking lot we just give them the space we don't right. we don't receive anything from them we don't get any funds from them for the space and they don't donate any uh, proceeds from the sale to us no we don't um, expect them to they've been doing that oh my gosh they were doing it when I was president and I think they were doing it even so this could be back 80s. in the 80s. Well, this year it'll be May 16th and okay. 17th. Um, Hopefully they won't get rained out. They've had bad luck the last two years with yeah. rain. Um, but boy, if you want plants, the parking right. lot, the yard. Well, the Saturday, the 16th, it'll be 9 to 3. Okay. That the sale will be operating, and on Sunday it'll be 10 to 3. Um, and normally, like I said, on Saturdays we're normally only, only open 12 to 4, but we will have the History Center open right. both of those days. Uh, so that uh, people can, uh, if it, it rains, to come in and get dry, and if it's hot, to come in and cool off. Yep. Um, please just don't drag your dirt into the <laughs> history center. Wipe your feet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to do, and it's uh, well, and we get some good advice from them on how to do the plants around our building, and yeah, um, they they planted, volunteer and they planted the, uh, all the plantings along the front of the history center. Well, they did stuff around the house, too, as I recall. They did. And then... since I've had to replace them, of course. All the, the two urns in front of the History Center, they replant. Oh, that's right. They do that around the sale time every yep. year. And then they come back in the fall and get it ready for winter. So mark that on your calendar, 16th and 17th, the Richfield yep. Garden Club sale, which... I'm pretty sure you'll find any plant you want. 
within reason, I don't think you'll find any palm trees. <laughs> mm, no, I haven't seen one yet. But, but they do, and and if you even if you're uh, not necessarily shopping for plants at the time, um, they've I've seen them just happily giving advice to someone. It's like, oh, you have. Right. I have this type of plant. What should I do with it? They'll just freely give you any advice they want. Oh, and they love their plants. They, yeah. I have a black thumb myself, so I don't try and get into conversations with them, but these people are giddy about their plants. <laughs> the rule at my house is don't give me a live plant unless it's cut flowers because probably I will kill it in two weeks. I can kill a cactus. So <laughs> I either overwater or underwater. Or, you know, yeah, that's my things. problem. Um so we're getting up to the modern history. So we come around to 2010. Um, 2010 is actually when I first came here. Mm-hmm. I had passed... Now, I've lived in Richfield other than about eight years or so. I've lived in Richfield my whole life. And I remember passing by the Bartholomew house here all the time. Oh, yeah. But I'd never been in it. And uh, Well, did your sh- parents shop here? No. At the garden? Uh, no. No, they never did. Oh, see, we did. Um I'm the only historian in my family. No one else in my family takes that much interest in history. Um, I never, you know, we would shop here, but I had no idea that this was a historic house. Sure. Until my parents got involved. Well, it was one of our former directors. Um, I hesitate to use names since they're not around anymore, and I don't want to mention names without too much permission. Um, But uh, I had actually come here because I was doing research on my parents' house. Uh, They bought their current house in 1971. Okay. And... um, so I was interested in finding out who had owned it previously and when it had been built. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd gone to City Hall first, and I got the permit records, because at that time they were still stored at City Hall. Right. We actually have them here now. We do. Once we don't they have all them. of them. No, we had to because people were allowed to take theirs. Right. Uh, originally, we, that policy has since lapsed. Right. Um, and I knew about the historic site because of the Bartholomew House. So I said, oh, maybe I should try there too. And so I came in and I did get some information. Not, not much. We didn't have the uh, assessor photographs then when I first started. They came in about two years later because um, I was not shown. The only thing I got to see was the plat books. We we had those pictures before. Well, it might have been. Yeah. In fairness, but this anyhow, was 10 years ago. <laughs> I still like to know where those plat books are. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a story for another day. Right. Um, Just to kind of interrupt. But the director who was here, she was super helpful. She was. And um, and we just started talking. Um, I had no intention. that You know, I wasn't looking for volunteer opportunities at the time or anything. Um, I was getting some personal life things in order at the time. Right. And... Uh, I ended up talking to her uh, randomly. We were talking about ritual history stuff, and I said, well, I do, did you ever hear about Fred Babcock? Because I remember hearing about him in school, but right. I didn't know a great detail. I just knew he had been a police officer and was killed in the line of duty, and our VFW was named after him. That's all I knew at the time. Oh, my goodness. I thought you had uh, really were uh, into it by then. No, actually, it was because of this director. Oh. She goes, well, you know more than most of the other people here. Would you be interested in doing a project on that? Because I said, you know, if he was killed here in Richfield, you could do like a walking tour of the crime scene. And she thought that was a great idea. And that's when she asked me if I would be interested in taking that on. So that's when I started my research. So it's 10 years on. I'm still researching it. One thing I think, too, we should talk about is when our first director came on Mm -hmm. board, um, she was the one that helped get us the book we wrote. Oh, the Richfield Oldest Oldest Suburb? Yeah. I thought that, no, that was... Published it, I think, in two thousand eight. Right. Originally, but she, but she started the ball rolling. She started the ball rolling because she was in the. It was in the eighties, I believe. Yeah. No, she. She was in the two. Two thousands. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we had had directors before. She that. was. See, here. I'm still learning about the history. I know. Myself. She was here when we dedicated the 
History Center. Oh, okay. Okay. So, in uh, fact, we still get mail for her. I'm sure we, we still, <laughs> yeah, but, we still uh, get mail for some of our presidents. So, and to give, again, more of my background, like you joined in 70, and, and I had no connection. I didn't know anybody here, um, but I was hanging around, and I'd done the Fred Babcock tour, um, and then all of a sudden it turned into a wall exhibit that got done a little later. Yeah. And um, I just started getting, I was getting drafted into more more projects until finally a board member, uh, who's no longer on our board, approached me and says, you should join the board because you have really good exhibit ideas. Okay. And so I joined the board in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, took, so it took it four years to convince me. Um, and in their brilliance, which are, or naivete, the board elected me president the following year. And I've been president ever since. I'm entering my fourth year. Yeah. And the things that we have changed here and I can again. I can't speak to the before time. That's why you. I here. know um, the changes that we have done um, internally, board structure, staffing, and things like that has been really drastic. Yes. I, I think the the people who formed it would approve of what we've done, oh, but they I wouldn't so. recognize it now. Oh no, no, definitely. You know, I mean, everybody did their job back then, and. Um, you know, get well, everybody does their jobs now. Well, they, they do, <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, um, the dynamics of families have changed. The, the, well, the, the the demographic of the cities changed, right? As our years, you know, we were predominantly uh, white, Protestant. Yeah. You mom know, stayed home. Mom stayed home. This is the f- typical fifties and sixties. Yeah. And now we're a much heavier Hispanic community. Uh, uh, we have a, a decent Somali community here as right. well, and it's it's tougher to appeal to them of the history when to them it is not personalized. Right. So we are working on multicultural efforts, which I'm very proud of a lot of the strides we made. We're still focused on preserving and sharing the story right. of Richfield. But we need to ma- remind people that if you lived in Richfield, even if it was for a day and a half, you're part of the story. Absolutely. There's nobody who has passed through this community who should ever think that they were not part of it. Right. Even if they... You know, all they did is, like my dad, he, he sold furniture for a living. Okay. Uh, it was originally Dayton's home okay. store. Um, and so while he didn't run for public office, his name isn't on any plaques anywhere, he's still part of the city. He's still part of this history. Yeah. Um, nothing else. He's my dad. So he gave you a future president. Well, <laughs> see, my dad, um, when he was president in 80, he couldn't find somebody to chair the ice cream social. And you got drafted, didn't And you? he came up and he said, Honey, would you do that for me? And I'm thinking, Sure, why not? How hard you know, could it be? How can you say <laughs> no to your dad? <laughs> that's fair. No, that's very fair. So, you know, it was fun. We um, we did it for a long time, and it just got too big and beyond us. Well, and I think that's why the baseball game has been such a great fit. Yep. Our current director, Doug Ernst, who's silently listening to us chat here, uh, and waving signs at me every now and then <laughs> is um, I don't know uh, you can talk for this one thing Doug how long have you done quick steps 15 years 15 years he's he's we call I call it I don't know what the actual title is he's manager of the the team obviously he does their bookings and stuff but he's also what I call their uh, play caller or whatever he, he he yells out the score to the audience and the count 
and he's the umpire, uh, which is a different rules back then. Oh, totally absolutely. different how it worked. Um, and he, he, there's a great presentation he does. Different it's, rules, even different equipment. Different equipment. Uh, no gloves. I mean, it was. And uh, but there's a great. If you end up coming to that game, it's going to be June 20th, I believe. Um, if if you want to attend that game, come for the game. It's fun. It's a lot but of fun. Come and stay and but look we're going to do a presentation of the rule differences between that game and modern baseball. Okay, which may make it more accessible to some people. Yeah, um, bring the kids. We'll have uh, proto ball games for that. Oh, that's new this year. We're going to have what well, he if you, in case you couldn't hear him. Doug said uh, that they'll have what's called proto ball. No, I'm not familiar. So, but it's uh, kid friendly. Yep. And it's very family-friendly, and we're, like I said, we're hoping the to turn it into a is. county fair kind yeah, of event. The whole event is. Baseball was commonly played as a exhibition at county fairs and state fairs. and yeah. um, so. Well, and plus we have a, a volunteer that puts together all the little goodies. Oh, and yeah. No, she did a whole snack event. bar last year. Oh, yeah. So, so if you want Cracker Jacks and popcorn, why? We'll see what we can arrange. Right. And again, just a modest donation to help us defray some of the cost. Right. Um, would be greatly, greatly appreciated. We don't try to charge admission to things because we believe history should be accessible to everybody. Absolutely. Um, but the facts are the facts. It costs money to run the museum, costs money to pay staff, and do advertising that we well, have to and do. even to take care of our collection. And to take care of the collection. Yeah, those, those air conditioners for the climate control room are <laughs> expensive. Um, so we'll, we'll keep you updated on that and, and keep watching our Facebook page. Absolutely. Um, I think our time is getting a little close to running out okay so uh i do want to talk about that how the we're going to work this podcast thing going yeah, forward ruthann will not always be our guest she no. won't be next time but when we talk i will tell you our next podcast will be in april and we will be doing the bartholomew house um and then we're going to do six total for the year right. it'll be april june august october and december um and we haven't pick specific topics for each of these yet right. but we, we're likely to do one on baseball old style baseball um there's talk about talking about the hub mall right which is here in ritual which is actually the first i believe outdoor, outdoor kind of what they strip mall what we yep. now call strip mall and south Dale was the first, south Dale was the first indoor yeah um and of course i think it would be fun to like in december uh, maybe we'll talk about christmas traditions from yep. the 19th century and early 20th century and how things Which changed. Were very different <laughs> very different people, people like keep in mind that uh it was by world war one that we had the first christmas lights mm-hmm. um before that people were putting candles. candles on the trees which to me has always struck me as being really dumb uh, putting a candle on a dry christmas tree <laughs> Well, they, you know, they they light them when the kids would come down in the morning. That's true. It wasn't like and now then blow them out. Them yeah, yeah, very different. Unlike us leaving the lights on all day. So keep an eye out for those. We'll be doing them, like I said, April, June, August, October, and December. We're uh, going to be posting these on our website. Yeah. And we'll also do it through our Facebook page. And we're exploring some other options. As like I said, this is new to us. So. Um, We'll see how we can do things to expand it. And if you have more experience with podcasts and wish to give us a little helping hand in some of the technical aspects, we would be happy to field any advice Absolutely. Uh, to put these on. Um, the last thing we have coming up is also the History Center is now doing story hours. Yes. Um, we do them 11 to noon, so the hour before we open to the public generally for tours. Uh, it'll be on March 21st and 28th next. And then it'll be story hours in April on the 4th, 18th, and 25th. And, um, 
And I know Doug kind of likes preschoolers, but, you know, anyone... It's good for ages from toddler to... First, second grade. Preteen, you know, even if you're just wanting to hang out with your little brother or sister and take them to do something. I always like to hear stories. Yeah, and it's fun to watch them interact. And then they get to, the parents get the opportunity to walk around, look at the museum. Yeah. um, Look up stuff on their house. It's been kind of fun. It's been really fun. Well, Ruthann, thank you for doing this it first one fun. this is this is kind of well we talk like this all the time i know we do so this is nothing new for us but uh, it's just the only difference we have a mic in front of us yeah <laughs> that we got to get used to yet um so we thank you for listening again the, i'm john wickett with the richfield historical society and, and we I'm, hope you've enjoyed our little podcast yep i wish i could say we had some fancy title for it yet but we don't it'll come it'll happen these, yep. are, these first ones are the hardest they are <laughs> they you are. know and i mean for me I get talking about it, and it's hard to yeah, well, you not can, continue on yeah, the conversation. This, I guarantee you, after we finish recording here, we'll probably end up talking for another 20 minutes. <laughs> That's the problem. We go to leave board meetings. We end up sitting around an extra two hours just talking about all sorts of different yeah. stuff. So we uh, thank you for listening. We really And please, send us feedback. We'd love oh, to hear absolutely. what you think of this. Um, if there's history topics you'd like us to cover, and, and not only uh, ritual history, but sometimes... Uh, when the anniversary of JFK's assassination rolled around, we talked about the impact on the Richfield community right. in the broader sense of the national picture. Well, even if they have questions about businesses that used to be here that sure. are Sure, no I mean, a lot here. of people in Minnesota don't realize, but Slumberland began in Richfield. Yeah. Uh, their first store was here in Richfield. And the other one that was very popular was Corner Plaza. Corner Plaza, Live Head. Now, that's a little before my time, but I do remember a lot oh, of people on. talking about it. You're just a strange J.C. Shenny, of course, started at the Hub. Yes. Uh, had a location at the Hub here before going to Southdale. Fanny Farmer. Oh, yeah, I've had a lot of people <laughs> talking about that one. So we'll talk about those things in the future. And then again, please feel free to call us. Um, our number is 612-798-6140. Uh, our email is, uh, you can email us at richfieldhistory at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to answer questions that you may have. Um, or just come in and ask. Well, if you're hearing this in Georgia, I imagine it'd be a little hard to come I'll visit. I'll just hit up, get a plane ticket and yeah. come in. <laughs> you know, you got money sitting around. Right. Um, and again, like I said, I added at the beginning, and I keep adding it because it is so important. We receive no government funding from city, county, or state. We are entirely funded by the generosity of our members and donors and visitors. And we can't thank you enough for all that our volunteers It's made do. a big difference and in us being able to stay open. It has, and our volunteers do a lot of work. They do. Uh, we're all volunteers here. We have only one staff member that we pay. That's our director. Otherwise, we're all volunteers. We serve on the board on our own time, and we come here and do projects on our own time and are happy to give that uh, labor. So uh, we'll wrap it up this time, so come listen again in April. I'm not sure when this will get posted, so whenever you're hearing it, we're recording this on Leap Day, actually, February oh, 29th. that's right. Yeah. Um, and we look forward to talking to you soon. I will add a last little legal disclaimer. This is a copyrighted broadcast, copyrighted owned by the Ritual Historical Society in the year 2020. Uh, thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Bye Thanks now. for inviting Bye. me.